My bloody valentine. Oh, Jensen, my bloody valentine. All that and more on this week's Horror TV Weekly. You're tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. With my heart. This is actually Matt Damon, not Frank Sinatra or um, Seth MacFarlane. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that some shade? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I love that. I mean, Mr. You know, New Jersey himself, Frank Sinatra, is beyond. So <laughs> Yeah, I love Sinatra. And when Seth MacFarlane does it, he does it justice. But yeah, I just thought, well, talented Mr. Ripley, serial killer, that's fitting for Horror TV Weekly, right? And since it is Horror TV Weekly, I'm your host, Lucretia Lyons. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host. Hey, everyone. This is Chauncey K. Robinson, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss Chauncey K.R. All right. And there's a lot of news this week because Freeform has a new show coming out, Siren, that I knew was about mermaids, but I didn't know they were going to be killer mermaids until now. They've got a cool new poster out that looks actually pretty freaky. Yeah. yeah. Looks like some really cool fan art-ish, but like intensely, I don't know, anime I don't know. It's like, I don't know if the words killer mermaid go together. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) even though people say I sound like Ursula when I laugh, yeah, I already read the YouTube comments. Ursula was half octopus. That made sense. She wasn't truly like, I mean, she was like. Wait, aren't killer mermaids like more referred to as sirens? Yeah, exactly. That's why it doesn't sound right. But even like. Even Siren versus Mermaid. I mean, maybe someone can correct me on the mythology of it. It's I don't know if it's exactly the same. Yeah, right? like, the only thing I'm familiar with is, like, the Odyssey and the Sirens in that. And then it's like, okay, um, they weren't necessarily... I mean, mermaids, I, and then I'm thinking of, like, the How I Met Your Mother, like, mermaid manatee theory. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, that's where my brain went. But, yeah, like, I think they've always been similar because the mermaids sort of got a different connotation with like the little mermaid and stuff like that became more sweet and innocent <laughs> yeah. but i do feel like it was always kind of a dark mythology oh it was yeah. i mean yeah. even the little mermaid you know yeah. disney disneyfies everything yeah, but in the original one yeah <laughs> and in the original one the one they borrowed from the little mermaid actually dies in the end she turns into foam because she uh, tried to change herself for a man don't do it so <laughs> that's the real nugget of the story so i mean yeah it definitely has some dark edges to it i think um this particular show they're talking about the mermaids um, come back to town or they want their ocean back or something. So I don't know if this is like some environmental thing. It's like, is this like Avatar where you're like, this is just Fern Gully with, uh, you know, better actors. Exactly. (laughs) But it's on, um, this is on Freeform, so we'll probably deal with a lot more interpersonal drama than (laughs) Avatar was. Although that had a love story. Um, Real quick, I do have a recommendation Mm -hmm. uh, because I saw a recent film called uh, The Siren. That was a Polish, uh, it was actually a a Polish horror musical that has to deal with these two uh, sisters that are, uh, in a sense, uh, mermaids. And one's called Goldie, the other one's called Silver. And it goes into the same mythology of uh, uh, loving someone and also giving up their, 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 uh, their tail for men and getting a, a surgery for like to have human legs and stuff and mm. what happens when the man that doesn't actually love her back is 
they turn into like the original towel. Yeah, yeah, they turn pretty into much an original towel because she actually turns into in the original one. What the hang Christian and Anderson? Or no, um, no, the grim fairy tales. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. grim. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like she turns yeah. into sea foam in the original one. So this yeah. horror movie, this horror musical, sounds pretty much like the original children's tale was, which makes a lot of sense. When did that come out? Yeah, I'm like, I love musicals. I'm like, this sounds cool. Yeah, it's all in Polish, I believe, and it came and it, it's also set in the 80s, which is awesome. Always um, awesome. The 80s it, are epic. It actually came out, I believe, 2016, 2017. Okay. I yeah, gotta check cool. that out. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, and what we'll check out here right now is the Siren teaser trailer, just to see how much of this is really Killer Mermaids and then interpersonal drama. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be like Venom, where we won't see the mermaids until like the season finale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seems like something they might do. Instead of hiding the shark, it's hiding the mermaid. Yeah. This is real. We caught something we've never seen before. We need to be careful. She changed in the water. I was drawn to her. She is extremely violent. It's just a story. Hmm. Yeah, to me that looks good. I'm like, I was, I was impressed because I was thinking, oh, mermaids, but yeah, that definitely looks, looks cool. like a. Thriller. Yeah. Yeah. No, it actually might be kind of cool. I like that. I'm digging it. They got the representation with the LGBTQ going on a little bit in there. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's the thing is Freeform um, has always been good about representation of LGBTQ as well as, you know, just race representation. Yeah. You see Lincoln Heights was yeah. like their yeah. first, like one of their like main shows for a couple of years. I was just doing a reruns of Lincoln uh-huh. Heights. That's why I came to mind. But <laughs> when it used to be ABC family, but, and that was by, that was a black family that led off of that. Yeah. That's and like the Fosters, I mean, it's always been really good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this comes out March 29th. Um, so, and it has a two-hour premiere, which should be interesting, kind of like a movie going on. I'm kind of happy yeah. that they didn't start off. I was a little worried with the trailer that they start off with some, like, major love story. Like, she comes out, she's <laughs> trying to be different, and she sees this guy. And This seems like much more of a thriller, what's going on here. Yeah, it's very much like she is out to get people and use her siren ways, which is interesting. It's like, because, yeah, I mean, you see that, you know, men and women are drawn to her. I like that part, because yeah. that would be what a siren is. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's drawn to her so that's that's definitely that seems pretty cool actually yeah well other things that are cool because it wouldn't be you know yesterday was ash wednesday i know that's you know right after fat tuesday and it has to do with lent not just with catholicism but other sects of christianity as well but when i think of ash wednesday i think of ashley williams from uh, evil dead and we have more parenting advice from ash he talks about sex in this first video. Oh, no, this one's teen pregnancy, actually. This is uh, Ash's advice. It's always fun. You know, it's bad enough having some ball and chain kid cramping his style. Being saddled with grandkids, too? <laughs> Even more of a cock block. <laughs> so if you don't want your kid having a kid of their own, let them know. You can't get pregnant if you do it standing up. It's science. <laughs> oh, no. Get at it. And, you know, now Ash gives advice on sex. I thought these were very appropriate for uh, Valentine's Day. Because that's why there's so many October babies, guys. It's New Year's and Valentine's Mm. Day. Sex. 
kids these days get more action than I did when I was 14. Now, as a parent, you need to clamp down on this kind of behavior. Here are Papa Ash's rules. One, carry protection. A shotgun is good because there's a lot of real weirdos out there. Two, never do it on a first date unless you're with someone super hot. Three, if they ask you to do something weird like kinky shit, You've hooked yourself a winner. Congratulations. <laughs> and of course, to top it all off, this was the Valentine. I found when you Google um, Ash versus Evil Dead Valentines, like this was my favorite because I love puppets too, especially Ashy Slashy. It's like, I don't mind your filthy puppet butthole on my arm. How sweet. Mm. Yeah. True love. Yeah. Especially when you have a puppet that looks just like you. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. But speaking of weird, like Midnight, Texas is actually returning for a season two. This was a show that I, I had given a chance and I'd fallen off. So I was kind of surprised that it did um, get picked up because I know as we were discussing before, it's like who had kept up with it. But <laughs> She really wants to ask who was yeah. watching. Come on. Because like, I know <laughs> my mom watches show? it. But like, you know, this other than Lucifer and NCIS LA, those are like her only shows. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know, it's based off of who, who's the original author, but it's based off of the same woman that did True Blood. Yeah, did every- um, Sookie. God. Sookie and all of them. Yeah, Sookie was the um, name of the novels. I'm like, what was the name of her? I'm like, I'll Google it here. Yeah, and you know, this and it had a, when I read the original plot line for the book, I thought it was pretty interesting. First of all, that one dealt with some representation as well because I think in the book that this is based off of, the woman was like, you know, slightly overweight and she was like not necessarily what you think of a stereotypical hero, you know, a hero and stuff like yeah. that. And she had powers and everything. And then when I saw the trailer for the show, it was it seemed to be centering on this guy. Yeah. I didn't know who his character was because I hadn't read about him or anything like that. And I don't know, it just looked like something was missing. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, luckily with the season two, it seems that they've got new showrunners and there's fewer regulars because there was a lot of characters and they didn't always know what to do with them. And it's Charlene Harris who was the okay, author. Yeah. Okay. I know, I was like, it's a funny name like mine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and th- yeah, they definitely they trimmed the fat a little bit in terms of the cast, so that's probably going to be their way of being able to um, focus a bit more on the uh, on on some of the main characters. But I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I like the premise of it, but I wasn't really necessarily hooked on what I saw for the trailer because I remember the trailers for it were coming out around San Diego Comic Con yeah. last year. They were like all over the place, like in the main square of Comic Con in San Di- in San Diego. They had like the the huge Midnight Texas thing on, and they were really like pushing this. But you know, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, this we just finished True Blood like not too long ago. Is this another True Blood? Do we need another True Blood? Well, um, <laughs> my description of it when my mom had me watch like the first six episodes to try and give it a try was like it's like True Blood without all the sex. Um, and like honestly, True Blood sometimes needed that to fill yeah, in. Like <laughs> exactly, like it was one of those <laughs> True Blood was one of those shows yeah. where it was okay, but it's like one of the distinctive things was the fact that it could be on HBO oh, doing yeah. what it was doing. Yeah, and that was the thing. And being on NBC, like Midnight Texas, is it, I was surprised because Constantine had the same problem. He he wasn't allowed to smoke. There wasn't he wasn't allowed to basically be bisexual. And some of the parts of the character were missing because you know how restricted NBC is. That's why I was surprised that this show was able to last and, you know, 
seriously, this and you couldn't give Constantine a season two? I mean, thankfully, he's going to be on the season finale of Legends, guys. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that's for another show. Um, <laughs> well, technically, yeah. he's a supernatural. Exactly. Demon slayer dude. I know. And it's like, well, but I can't drink. We have the wine's not even open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've already said his name like three times. But if you're at home, feel free. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think I'm I'm surprised that they gave it another season because I I don't necessarily know what the ratings were, but it didn't seem like it was like one of their juggernaut hits. And nowadays, you kind of have it so TV. I think regular station TVs are a bit risk adverse. Yeah, they tend to cut off a lot of things, you know, like pitch, like Fox did, and others, you know, where yeah. they just didn't get second chances, even though they were like critically acclaimed. I don't even know if Midnight Texas was necessarily critically acclaimed. Uh, no, from what I understand, is it was critically panned and like timeless. And that may be the thing: is timeless they'd canceled, but people got mad about it, so then it came back. But timeless is actually pretty good. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing: it's from Eric Kripke, who did Supernatural, and it's got a good cast, like Abigail. Spencer is always great. Um, but yeah, like I maybe that's why NBC was like, okay, well, maybe we need to give this another shot because Timeless seemed to be very popular. And but, it eventually yeah. caught on, yeah. Yeah, and who knows, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I might, I mean, I'll, I, I guess I could try to catch up. It does have representation in terms yeah. of diversity. Uh, one of the main young women is African American. I think she was on another film and it just like slipped my mind as soon as I thought about it. So we've seen her before. And um, one of the lead vampire guys is African American. And he's as well. the best character. Yeah, and yeah. He's, he's a very, he's a great actor. I think you can catch him yeah. on corporate now on Comedy Central too, if I'm thinking of the same actor. But, um, yeah, so I mean it has it has a few points and sometimes we've all watched trash TV before that yeah. didn't have any diversity. So at least this has some bonus points. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> it's like it wasn't all bad. Like I watched the first 6 episodes and I was like there are things I like, but you know, being as there's so much TV out there, it's kind of hard to pick up something that you're like not completely in love with. Exactly. Yeah. Cuz there's so much content and it can be a bit oversaturating. Yep. But speaking of great content, though, is Preacher Season 3 is now in production, and they have some new characters announced. And that's why I'm like, I don't recognize any of these from the comics, but I'm really interested in some of the casting. So I'm yeah. like, that's interesting. Well, Grandma is from the comics. Yeah, Grandma is the only character that that I recognize, and that's... um, blanking on her name betty Betty buckley Buckley. yeah and she's like broadway like you know star so that's why i was like that's an interesting pick but yeah with the the new characters tc christina and jody played by colin cunningham liz uh mcgeever and jeremy childs respectively it was like i don't remember these and i'm like maybe i need to go through preacher run again because it is a quick you know run through of a whole series but yeah i'm like hmm and and they've been known to because the whole first season is not even it's like one issue of the comic. Yeah. So yeah, like they don't really didn't really delve into the characters of the town in the comics. So they're known for taking risk, and it worked out great because yeah. I liked season one. Yeah, yeah season one was good. Season mm. one to me, I kind of treated it like a prequel because in the comic books, when you first uh, meet them, they're already on the road. So season two was kind of like the real beginning of the comics. Yeah, and then with season one, they made you get used to all these characters and I know there was some complaints online because people were like okay are these characters going to stick around are we not mm. going to do the road trip it's going to take forever because one of the one of the cool aspects of Preacher was the fact that they went to different places and all the people they met in the different plot lines so um, I think 
they've done a good job like with the with the town and being able to bring new people in so like you're saying like i think the third season as i feel like as long as they don't i love my ot3 my yeah. one true three pairing of the three of the three <laughs> main characters so i want i don't want that dynamic to be stifled too much although um jesse pisses me off most of the show he made me so mad most of season two i just he just couldn't get it to he just he's so i mean i don't know i don't know what they've done because it's such a different take than the character was in the comics for me so yeah the character is kind of a dick in the comics too which you like and it was a bit nicer in the comics and that's the thing it was a bit nicer yeah (laughs) it's like he was kind of you know he was honestly jesse custer and john constantine were my favorite characters growing up because they were honestly a little bit similar they they were scoundrels and whatever but they always push came to shove they would be a hero in the end and they weren't that bad of a guy it was sort of like a defense mechanism but yeah i agree like i always liked jesse more than cassidy in the comics but on the switched. show yeah it's totally I was like, switched. Yeah. and I don't know if that's purposeful that they decided to do that so I wonder if season three is going to get a little bit back to um kind of showing us why Jesse's the leader because there were times during season two where I was like why are they following him and that's the issue when you have a, a show that's like the OT3 you have to believe that there's a reason why all of them stick together yeah because too one of the big things about this is Tulip's character is so much better on the show than she, she was is. in the comics because in the comics she wasn't really a full fleshed out no. human being it was very and, much the plot line of yeah. him and like Ruth Negga is just such a good actress and like has given Tulip not only like you know her toughness and just brashy attitude but like the heart too exactly yeah and that's what i like about the show and what they're doing so yeah maybe they're gonna fix jesse a little bit so we can understand why yeah i still i mean the two uh ruth and um blanked on his name (laughs) the the actor played jesse who was uh Uh, dominic Dominic, yes yeah they're a real life couple Uh, yeah Yeah. they're a real life couple they're i mean they have when when jesse and tulip get a chance to have that those scenes there's so much chemistry and i felt like there are times when you're kind of starved for it, like we were in season two. So maybe we'll get back to that if she's alive. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But I yeah. mean, surely, because that's the thing is like, no, they're One like the trio. R- like, come was on. a while ago. Y'all yeah. should know that. I know. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you should be aware. Because uh, season two was also fun with Arseface and Hitler mm-hmm. and their Shawshank. Which was a weird yeah. plot line. Oh, yeah. That was a weird plot line for sure, but it was fun. And mm-hmm. I felt weird because I'm like, am I supposed to like Hitler? Yeah, because that was <laughs> Why are you putting me in that position? And who knew that World War II was all started by um, Figgy Pudding? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's a very subverse yeah. show. And I, that's one of the things I really do like about the style, the style of it, even the directing, the way it looks, uh, you know, visually. It's such a very cool show. So I'm happy that it's returning, for one. I can't even believe we're already on a third season. Yeah, that's the thing, is this show is just the, you know, and that's why I like these 10 episode shows like Preacher and how Outcast is. And hopefully, once we get this, you know, cinematic stuff filled out, it'll be in the same vein. Because, yeah, you do 10 good episodes that's great like that's all i need and like you know i feel like they can do them a lot quicker and we're not waiting around when they do that exactly and there's so much in each episode too it's like so much happens you know you get these you know in-depth character like arcs a little bit and then you're you're kind of satisfied to the next time for the most part i'm kind of left wanting more but it's there's still so much in the one episode yeah, and that's what I love about AMC and how they're able to do stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, speaking of AMC, we'll just do this Walking Dead story first. Um, they're finally going to get a fully nude zombie. Yeah, yeah. which is like not like necessarily no. trailblazing. 
But it's still awesome because they haven't, they've never done it on The Walking Dead before. Yeah, and I'm just like, all right, we get a fully naked zombie. Like, this is just interesting to me that it was like, hey, we're, we're doing this. Yeah, I think, um, I think it was said actually online that Z Nation actually already had a topless zombie before. Oh, yeah. Like, they've done the new thing, but it's, you know, now that Walking Dead's doing it, which, and we don't know whether it's going to be a woman or a guy. I think yeah, yeah. it would be more revolutionary if it was a guy because often they always show the woman. Yeah. And I have only seen a, can I say penis? Oh, yeah, feel free. <laughs> like, I mean, my my background is Alexander Skarsgård naked on a toilet. I'm not a but no, I'm just saying like you know with the, when it comes to when it comes to male nudity, it's so weird. Like there's such a a, a, a dynamic where woman women nudity is such a like the topless thing is so like you know topless, but they never show like the bottom of the guy and things like that as though. Except True Blood. True Except Blood True did a good, and, yeah. and Game of Thrones has a lot of male nudity. I, ju- I don't think they'll do it, though. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a guy. I think it's going to be a woman. Well, and too, like, when you said that, I'm like, oh, now I'm having, like, Castle Freak flashbacks yeah. of his old shrivelly balls, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, God, don't do not do the male nudity. That's just gross. Yeah, like, it's not as appealing. Yeah, I exactly. Admit that. I'm like, but- <laughs> hey, Skarsgård naked, please, more of that. Like, yeah. yeah, it was really funny because, and, and it re- this whole thing reminded me how jarring it is of the fact that men aren't usually exposed in mm-hmm. that way because when I was watching Altered Carbon, that new Netflix oh, sci-fi yeah. show, which is actually really good. I've seen a couple episodes of it. They had a full nudity scene of a guy. He just walks into the thing. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, because up until that point, I had seen so many boobies <laughs> in this same <laughs> yeah. show and I didn't bat an eyelid. I was like, oh yeah, girl's Boobs, naked. Yeah. And then he walks in. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, this just shows. Be revolutionary, Walking Dead. Let's have a, a, a naked male zombie. We want zombie dick. Hashtag, we want zombie dick. <laughs> and speaking of male nudity, actually, you know, we played the song uh, from Talented Mr. Ripley. Both Matt Damon and uh, Jude Law go full pickle in that. Mm. And, you know, you ever want to see Batman's American Psycho? I, I can actually recommend a lot of male nudity films. Cool. <laughs> yeah. We're getting Sarah Marshall. It's also nice full frontal. Jason mm-hmm, Siegel. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty good looking dude. Yeah, and and even yeah. in horror movies and horror shows, we just don't see the guys as much. There's always there's always naked women. Yeah. Let's let's make it equal. I know. Uh, there was like a joke, like I think it was funny or die that they were talking about like Game of Thrones and like HBO stuff and it was just like making jokes about show me the nudity. And even Kevin Bacon had like, you know, show him the bacon like joke like thing too. I'm like, yeah, and Kevin Bacon, you wanna get naked in a movie anytime, I'll go see it, man. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> Let's equal it out in Hollywood. Yeah. Well, speaking of equal in Hollywood, Ryan Murphy signed a five-year deal at Netflix, just like Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. How will this affect American Horror Story is what everybody's thinking. Yeah, what I've been seeing is that it won't affect it as much, is that Ryan uh, Murphy is going to still be like the showrunner for American uh, Horror Story for now. That's kind of the the for now thing. But yeah. we all know, I mean, if you were personally victimized by Glee, like <laughs> this one was, I'm raising my hand for those of you who can't see, uh, you know that he likes to start stuff. And I think this is why it's so great that he started doing anthology series because he's such a genius when it comes to like just that interpersonal drama, you know, um, guilty pleasure stuff. But he has a tendency to start shows and then you can tell when his, you know, like most geniuses and creative types, his, you know, his attention span. Man wanes and he goes to something else and someone else takes over and kind of switches around so um i predict that he might pull back from american horror story eventually. oh yeah 
with whatever they're going to do for Netflix. Well, and two, as long as, say, like with um, with Supernatural, when Eric Kripke said he was done after season five, he told his story, he left it in the reins of people who'd been there, and the vision was similar. And so you really didn't notice too much of a difference. I mean, and that's why it's gone into 13 seasons. But, like, for example, like when Ryan left Nip Tuck, and then they leave Miami, and yeah. it's like, you know, it, it, it just wasn't very good anymore. And yeah. yeah, there are some shows where the showrunner, where the person who has that vision kind of has to stay around. That was the same way I felt about the Vampire Diaries when Kevin Williamson left. I was like, he should have stuck around, because, no offense to Julie Flagg, it just kind of went, you know, in the way she wanted it, but not in the way that it, I feel like it was originally intended. And I think that's kind of similar with Ryan stuff. But with the anthologies, it's a little different. I just don't know in terms of American Horror Story, since it is an anthology. Yeah, because that is the thing, is every season's been kind of different, and they've had, like, small loopholes, but I've even fallen off the series a little bit because their seasons have been inconsistent. Like, because I'm like, I love Coven, but, like, Freak Show, as much as I love Neil Patrick Harris, when he came in, it got all messed up because we really wanted to see... Dandy was, like, the best character. It's like, I'm I'm glad how it ended because I love Dandy, but, yeah. Yeah, and I think the next season are talking about aliens, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's like who knows it, yeah they might do aliens while Ryan, Ryan's off doing I'm excited to see what he's going to do for Netflix though because with Netflix he'll have a lot more I mean 911 is a really cool show if people have you know seen yeah I've it seen a few episodes yeah it's and it's, it's a good guilty pleasure kind of deal and I think with um, Netflix because as I was just saying Alter Carbon they showed the wieners and things like that he'll have a chance to kind of just do what he wants. I mean, if we if he could push the limits with American Horror Story and that was like, you know, cable or whatever, let's see what he can do with Netflix. Yeah, cuz that is the thing is Netflix is pretty well anything goes unless you're a fun pot comedy and you don't get a second season, but The Ranch has oh, sorry. That's, that's a different <laughs> show. So mad. Seriously, Shade. The Ranch. Shade. <laughs> But, yeah, like, you know, at least we've got more good content, though, coming with Robert Rodriguez, who is reteaming with Michelle Rodriguez, no relation, guys, for VR series The Limit. This is so cool. Like, I love Robert Rodriguez, especially because he does so much for the Texas Film Commission. And, yeah, like, Michelle Rodriguez is just a true badass. And, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I, I like her for the most. I, I loved her in the Resident Evil stuff and uh, the Fast and the Furious for sure. Um, I think this will be interesting. I think this is showing that VR is starting to try to make its way into mainstream entertainment, which is interesting because this this show that they're starting is that it's going to be like a show that's from her perspective and it's going to be on a VR app that people can get. And they basically will see her as some enhanced weapon that's going out to um, kill the corporation that made her. So it's I don't know. I mean, have you ever watched the show in VR before? No. Like, I mean, I've seen a lot of VR because I'll I'll go to E3 and stuff and we'll test things there. I'm not always like that into it, I guess, because I don't I I grew up playing Resident Evil and was fine just with my PlayStation and like seeing the VR was cooler and so was Doom. But it's at the same time, it's like you still have that, you know, it's not real. But the fact that this is going to be a show and you're following along, I'm like, this is actually seems intriguing to me. And I'm like, okay, this is inventive. So I'm, I'm open to it. Yeah, yeah. This whole immersive sort of storytelling where it's like, while you're watching a scene, I've actually reviewed some movies in VR, some oh, wow. movies that were specifically for VR. They were, they were kind of like mixture of documentary based and fiction based off of like the prison system and whatnot. And it's, it was really cool because as you are watching the, the film in VR, you um 
you know, while the, the thing is going on, you can kind of turn around, see who's around them. Now, I will say sometimes it's a little distracting, though, because yeah. dialogue's happening, and it's like I'm a person in the room, and that feels a little weird. People are having conversation, and I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to be there. But then it's also like, oh, what's this on the other side of the wall? Wait a minute, did I miss the plot? Like, <laughs> Yeah, because, like, I feel like sometimes there's too much, and you're like, okay, am I seeing... Because I did this Legion um, uh, VR slash AR, like, at Comic-Con, and I'm just like what am I supposed to be doing here? Am I supposed to be looking over here or there? Like, you know. <laughs> so I think it'll be interesting to see how people in this day and age where we we have such a short intention span at times, like if we will be able to, if people will like the experience and if we'll see more of this. Because I see, I mean, I feel like they've been trying to make this a thing for a bit now. You know, VR has had this um, evolution from, you know, being something that was super expensive, something with big clunky stuff, to seeing something with games where people can, you know, have it in their own Mm -hmm. living room. So I think cinema is like the next frontier for it. Yeah, because that's the thing is pretty well, almost everyone has some sort of AR, VR device like nowadays just because it's become such a big part of the zeitgeist. And it's only kind of giving people a little bit more interactivity and there's nothing wrong with that because people do need to get off their couch. I mean, yeah. <laughs> No, and yeah. I think, I feel like a genre like this or in horror yeah. in general is, because I think this is a little bit more sci-fi with some like killing and stuff but just horror and action in general are like the two genres to do it in though. Yeah. Because I mean, VR, you could have some type of quiet indie drama but that wouldn't be as much fun as if I'm in a slasher flick myself and like there's someone getting killed and I'm like looking at it from their perspective. Yeah, like, I would kill to be, like, at Camp Crystal Lake, like, exactly. or something like that. Like, that's cool, but instead of just, like, I watch, you know, a Netflix movie, like, the futile and stupid gesture, it's like, but that's never going to be a VR. It's like, yeah. a, it's a comedy. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, you don't, th- those things aren't going to fit with this, but stuff like this, people are one on one Yeah, definitely. I think VR mm-hmm. is the, is the, if you're going to do it in any genre, you do it in this one. Yeah, and um, speaking of VR and AR and stuff, we have some cool bottles of wine from Skybound. These are special Walking Dead wines. We have Cabernet Sauvignon and then the uh, Blood Red (laughs) blend. And this is what they look like when you're able to purchase them in the store here. And I believe that they will be available at your regular grocers. We don't have a full list, but you can find them all on the Skybound website if you're looking to buy specifically. But yeah, we have these cool videos showing the augmented reality that we took just before the show on our phone. So apologize for how small it is, but you guys just have to see. This is a cool app you can download so that you're able to augment your reality with the wine. Those are my fingers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, it's got sound effects. Mm-hmm. And then when you even pull it closer, <laughs> the zombie is like, look like it's cracking your phone. Exactly. And then the other bottle has like Rick Grimes. And now it's the comic book Rick that you see, but it is voiced by Andrew Lincoln, which, which is, is really cool. Very yeah. nice, ladies and men, whoever would be into Andrew Lincoln. Let's not discriminate against it because he has a beautiful voice, whether it's his British accent or not, to be coming out of your phone. Yeah, I'd let him <laughs> stand outside my window and flip some cards. <laughs> oh my gosh, I still remember that. No, yeah, and I think what's really cool, um, I think it's a live wine labels that does this and um, who are doing this in conjunction with um, 
The Walking Dead. And if people know about like 19 Crimes, it's kind of a similar thing. Like you download this app, they come to life. And with these bottles, what's also cool is that if you get the character bottles and put them next to each other, they like fight next to each other or fight each other. So that's really kind of fun. Yeah, because that's one thing that you're able to do is like Rick will fight um, the zombie when you put them next to each other. So yeah, like as we say, we're just getting more augmented reality and virtual reality which, let's face it, it's way better than our reality right now. Right? It really is. Yeah. It really is. And I mean with this particular thing, I mean, could you imagine as you get tipsier <laughs> like, and then your, your, phone, your bottles come into life? I mean, you can collect them all. It's a really cool way of being more immersed into fandom, which is always awesome. Yeah, and that's the thing, is that's all, you know, anybody's trying to do, is just keep, you know, fans interested with new cool things, and that's what The Walking Dead is great about, is, like, always something new. I mean, they even have coloring books. And we can also tell you, maybe sometime next week, how these wines taste, everyone. Yeah, I know, we'll let you know. And... (laughs) And then um, Black Jones said in the chat, just to go back to Michelle Rodriguez here for a minute, just because I thought this was cool. He's like, she should be the question for DC or Marvel's America Chavez. I'm like, yes, good on both of those fronts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we've had like Renee Montoya in Gotham, but never really, you know, she was part of a really bad storyline. So it was cut out because that was just dumb. But like, I'm like, why can't she come back? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we could have Renee Montoya in the movies played by Michelle. We always need more representation. Yeah. Well, and two, like, you don't have a lot of Latinas in the comic book, so that's no. why it's like, where is Renee? I yeah. mean, I, what's the list? Like, if you could list, like, five off top of your head. Yeah, Maggie Sawyer, Renee Montoya for DC, and then I'm trying to think of, like, are there even any men? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, I feel like, Latino and Afro-Latino <laughs> um representation in more indie comics. Yeah. You you'll find that and there's a lot of up and coming Latinx uh uh comic book makers and writers and stuff like that who definitely deserve a chance to kind of showcase that sort of thing. So yeah. I don't know if this counts, but what about like the Flash with Cisco and Gypsy? Well yeah, and that's the yeah. thing is the Flash has done a, is probably one of the better representations right now of just really a diverse cast. Oh, like, yeah, and they've done for a good sure. job since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The black yeah. blended family, all of that. Yeah. It's, that that definitely has been on the forefront. Yeah, and then Black Jones brings up Miles Morales because yeah, isn't Miles um, He's Afro Latino. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, he's mixed and yeah, we may we've got a shout out in the Spider Man Homecoming. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, cool. So, and you also watched Channel Zero's Butcher's Block this I week. I did. Yeah. I saw the well last week. I saw the the premiere episode, mm-hmm. and we had been talking about this because of the fact that I was a little hesitant because I'm like I'm not really cool. She's she was digging the cannibalism <laughs> stuff, and I was like I don't really know because you know more of my horror stuff tends to be like the ghost, the mystery type stuff, and not necessarily the the guts and spewing of eating I'm all tongues about and stuff. Gets. And, uh, well, you love Ash yeah. versus, yeah. you know, I mean, that's just all that. So, yeah. um, I, you know, watched it because I've been loving the Channel Zero first two seasons, but uh, specifically the first one. And this one was actually really good uh, so far. The first episode dealt with um, Zoe and Alice Woods, who are sisters, who go into town. And um, basically, um, one of the sisters, uh, Zoe, she's very much... Um, She's got a lot of problems. And and what you see is that her sister Alice is taking this job as a caseworker or a um 
a family advocacy worker. That's kind of what they do. And basically she does this so that her and her sister can leave out of town. And their mom is actually in a mental hospital. And you you notice that there seems to be something that goes on with the whole, like, it seems to run in the family. Like, you know, hereditary and whatnot. This is what Alice is afraid of. But I, I really liked this, this first episode because there were so many layers to it. It wasn't just this idea of this, you know, great, you know, sisters just come in and stuff is weird. It's like, first of all, the characters are already have their own exposition, their own backstory, their own issues before they get to the new town that they happen to be in. But what was interesting about it, I thought, was that the town is going through this socioeconomic drought. You know, it's been, it kind of reminded me of back home in Jersey when the Campbell's factory left Camden and how desolate it left the whole area. Like we see in most towns, Detroit, other places where a big factory back in the day, a lot of families and stuff worked in that factory and then that factory up and goes and there's nothing to replace it. And what happens to the people there when they can't, they don't have enough to move and they're staying there. So you have this real like horror of actual like poverty. And I was like, wow, that's kind of (laughs) smart. Yeah, that's cool because that's actually kind of like a part of the plot line of like My Bloody Valentine. Both both versions is there's a little bit of the economic struggle because there was this accident at the mine and all of that, you know, and now it's not used as much and things like that. And and I believe in Outcast too, there's like, you know, talk of that when things leave and in the economy. And that's some real shit. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. No, and and that's why it was so, like that caught me off guard. I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting them to really touch upon the socioeconomic drought that these people are in because one of the things, one of the scenes she goes and visits um, with her supervisor, this child's home where they're taking, they, they're trying to um, you know, they're taking the, the girl away because they think the mother bit her or something. But you know, of course we know yeah. there's something supernatural going on so it wasn't the mother that bit her but the mother's like a low uh, working poor woman and what she's dealing with and there's, and it's so it's such a weird dynamic that they have that they really were I, I really, I mean, kudos to like them for like focusing on that because there's that going on, but then there's like something in the walls, and I'm like, which scare, which is scarier here? The fact that these people are getting swallowed up by the system, which is a, you yeah. know, <laughs> or the fact that they're getting swallowed up, maybe literally by some other force. But it's like a metaphor, and I'm like, you know, I I love scary horror. We talked about wolf yeah. horror. I love that. So this was this is definitely on that same vein. Yeah, I can't wait to catch up on this show because yeah. this season really intrigued me, especially because I'm a big fan of Redgar Hauer. I mean, most people even remember him from the Buffy movie. Um, yeah, no, yeah. Like, so I yeah. was like, oh my god, yeah. it's the baby from the Buffy movie. Yeah, like, and he was Morgan Edge in Smallville, like, mm-hmm. who's now played by Adrian Pastor on Supergirl. But yeah, he's just such a good actor, and I like the cannibal aspect, Man, I kind of figured there'd be some metaphor involved, and yeah, like, being about the economic downturn that we're currently actually experiencing. I mean, yeah. that's why it's like, I mean, I like that we have the LA Rams back, but what did that do to the city of St. Louis? Because I have family there, and like, you know, it's bankrupting them. Essentially, they were already in an economic downturn, so that's like stuff people are really dealing with. Yeah, and I love yeah. how with the promotion of the show, they really focused on the horror of it, and they kind of let it slip in, you know, yeah. once you watch it, that this is kind of political. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love that, because, you know, some shows, they like to pat themselves on the back when they're being political, like we were all hearing about that Charm reboot, and it was like, yeah. it's gonna be feminist, and it's like, like thanks for telling us. Yeah. You know, maybe 
we can see that for ourselves. And this 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 show basically wasn't really talking. That wasn't what they were leading with with the marketing. And I and I kind of was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's what I'll say is like they knew they had a good product and a good message that they they were going to sell you on the cool cannibal stuff and like let you because well, Gotham's sort of doing the same thing with Professor Pig and stuff like the rich eating the poor and all the metaphor and you saw that but it obviously wasn't as much like as you're able to watch the show and you're like oh okay they really are doing this but they did it in a subtle way where it's not like pat us on the back yes. and I like that because it's like when you're asking us to pat you on the back you really don't mean it anyway exactly you know? it's like they, they let the story tell it and this is all from the first episode yeah. which is really cool and um, the first two episodes because the second episode came on this week are now on demand so if you want to catch up and you know you can also catch it on the sci-fi um, online app if you have Roku like I did I caught the first episode they show it in its entirety without commercials yeah the sci-fi app is actually amazing yeah. like um, I have it on my Apple TV and yeah you're able to just input your like cable provider and you can watch anything on there if you do that um, so yeah it's actually pretty cool yeah but speaking of apps like Shudder is doing a special for Women in Horror Month. Yes. Um, yeah. So if you enter code W I H M nine, so that's Women in Horror Month, like shortened at add nine, and you get a free month from Shudder, which is one of our favorite apps to use here. Much like the Sci-Fi app. I mean, do we even need cable sometimes with yeah. all these great apps? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, right right now they have the exclusive Mayhem movie that's on there right now, and it was actually the highest streamed movie on Shudder in its history thus far, the Mayhem movie. Yeah, and didn't you interview Joe Lynch on Tuesday here? Did he come in for horror? No, he didn't. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I knew he'd been in, but yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. is it when you were there? Yeah. And you have a new a horror show out. Yeah. I do. It's cool. called the thank you. Yeah. It's called it's called the Bloody Breakdown, and it comes out every Thursday on my YouTube channel. You can go on my Twitter for the link to the YouTube. And basically, uh, the trailer dropped today. I'm dropping the first episode sometime tonight. If you're watching this on this Thursday, and um, I'm actually yeah. So it's it's a show where I break down movies. Uh, review I review new and old vintage movies in six minutes, sixty six seconds or less. Oh, wow. Six, six, yeah. 666. <laughs> I like that. And yeah, if you guys do want to find uh, that Joe Lynch interview, that is on Horror Movie News, which is on our sister network, yeah. uh, Popcorn Talk, and Anthony in the booth with us. He was there, and that's his show. Yeah. You'll see us sometimes join in. Like next week, we have Perry Shin on there from the Hatchet series, and I'll be joining him because um, Perry actually is also on General Hospital, which is how I know him, which is fun. <laughs> But yeah, be sure to watch that show as well if you want your movie fix. We're just all immersed in the horror, y'all. Exactly. It's a wonderful thing. You know, it's part of the zeitgeist now. <laughs> but on some sad news, while celebrating Black History Month is great, but we want to remember actor, actor Reggie yeah. e, Reggie Kathy, who most people know from The Wire, but I loved him in Outcast, and he's just, I mean, his IMDb page is like a mile long. But this is at least a fun video of him rapping in German at Comic-Con. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, like, he just, I, I never got to meet Reggie, but he always just seemed like such a sweet, nice guy, like, even though he didn't always play one on TV, yeah. but yeah. I'm like, great oh. actor, great yeah. theater actor as well as, and it was really interesting because, you know, John Cho actually said yeah. that one of the times when he, one of his first, like, roles, he actually got some great advice from him that stuck with him, like, on every show he's ever done since. And when somebody can make such a, because that's one of the things, you know, paying that for when you have such talent to instill such inspi- inspiration to your fellow colleagues. So his, you know, we're, we, we see that his, uh, you know, his legend, his, you know, will live on. Yeah, and that's the thing is like he's done so much, you know, and that's what's always great, though, is at least, you know, when people go, even though you're sad about it, like when they've got such a good legacy, it's like, hey, at least we can always enjoy stuff like that. Nice, fun little videos of him. I mean, I didn't even know he spoke German. And I'm right? like, that's so cool. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is it for Horror TV Weekly this week. We're going to keep up the conversation with you, Chauncey. Well, once again, you can find me on Twitter at Miss Chauncey KR and also on The Flash every Tuesday at AfterBuzz TV and also, like I said before, on The Bloody Breakdown every Thursday where I'll be giving you horror movie reviews in 6 minutes, 66 seconds or less. All right, guys, and since I'm Lucretia Lyon, you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. My podcast, Mrs. Brightside, comes to you every Tuesday. I have a lot of after buzzers on there. You'll recognize their voices like James Lott Jr., Matt Marr, and hopefully Chauncey K. Robinson here soon. And believe me, tweet me who you want to be on there, guys. Like, I'll put them on. It's fun. Takes an hour. It's done in my living room. And you get to learn a little bit about me and whoever's with me since I interview them and try to keep on the bright side of things and also legends of tomorrow is one of the few things running during the olympics so that is now tuesdays at 8 p.m and you know we play the constantine drinking game <laughs> awesome thank you guys from executive producers maria Manunos, kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire AfterBuzz tv staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz tv network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. Oh, 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 oh. 